Shoujo, before we leave, since I am a fortune teller, I shall name your stand. Wait, what does that do with anything? With the songs of fate, YouTube. Choose a video at random, and it will be decided. Uh. This will suggest your fate, as well as the stand's power. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. With this song, I shall name your stand. Hunted Gex. I bet I could smoke you. <laughs> didn't like it. Yari yari. No dignity. Hey everybody, welcome back to No Dignity. Uh, the only JoJo Shoujo you need. Uh, I'm your host Alejandro Vargas. And I'm your other host Chris Ng. Yes, and today we're going to talk about a very controversial topic in the JoJo community. And that is, what is the best JoJo OP? Bloody stream. Next topic. That's... Not an episode. <laughs> All right, fine. I thought got put structure into fine. these, <laughs> and I do disagree with you on that one. All right, let's get into it. This is a this is a big point of contention. Now I'd like to break this down into into two categories: best visuals and best song. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Now this is getting harder. Hmm. Because <laughs> I think these two things stand very separately. All right, you can love the visuals of one JoJo song, but absolutely think the other one is a banger, even if the visuals are a little yeah, subpar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how many OPs are there? There's part one, part two, first one for part three, second one for part three, one, two, and three for part four, and two for part five. That is what we have so far. I doubt we'll be getting the part six OP anytime uh, soon. Let's not. Let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Has it even been a whole year? Wait, has it been a whole year? I guess it has been a whole year since part five ended. Oh my gosh. It's been a whole year since part five ended. I can't believe it's been a whole year. Well, it's okay though, because it took two years to announce part five after part four. So we we can hold it hold it together. We're within a... This isn't uncharted territory. And I mean, they just made a Rohan episode like not that long ago. So obviously, you know, they still got Jojo on the brain. That's very true. That's very true, you know? Sometimes I wonder to myself, whenever JoJo fans get really mad when they animate, like, Hyper Neptunia or something like that, just like, you know, like, a studio just can't make one thing. Yeah, I mean, you gotta let the hype train build a little bit. <laughs> I don't need hype train. Look. I need animated Jolie. I have been a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender since, like, 2009, so I know how the long haul works, okay? It was like we were all okay. Uh, Avatar, like I was, I started watching it right as the last book was made. So I was like part of that whole hype, and then I was like, oh, it's over. It's never gonna happen again. They're not making more. And then Legend of Korra came out like six years later, and we're all like, oh, oh, holy crap! And then that was over. And then now it's all on Netflix, and the hype train's all back. Like it's kind of fun. You know, it's like all the stuff that you've been like sitting around on. Like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay, guys. We're just, I'm really just convincing myself that it's going to be okay in this episode. It's going to be okay. (laughs) It will be okay. It will be okay. Also, I claim dominance over you when it comes to Avatar fandom because I was a fan since I've been four. I mean, okay, but. So, so, you know. (laughs) All right, getting off topic, getting off topic. All right, so I was thinking to myself, maybe I, I could I could list it. 
you know? Because I, I think each JoJo opening had a very different effect on me when I first seen it. Now, if we're talking about, like, like pure visual, like something that made me, like, fall in love, I have to go with the classic, Sonochi no Sadame. It's very, it's very strong contender visually. There's a lot of really cool transitions. It's, uh, it's the CG style. Um, so you got some of that cool, like three dimensional stuff. Um, you've got the manga page opening, you know. Yeah. And the, the best part of it all, we saw animated Jolene in like the first few frames. Right. Yeah. We got there. It's buddy. like, it's cool. It's got that pattern going for it where it's like, it's cool. Cause like, if you were a longtime fan, you were like, oh my gosh, look at all the references. Look at that. Look at this. And then if you were like a newbie like me, it was just like, this is cool. What the heck is going on? I can't wait for this to make sense. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I, I mean, I love it. Um, the openings that David Production does for JoJo were just absolutely amazing. Well, actually, I don't think David Production animates the openings. Uh, I do know they animate the show, but I don't think they actually do the openings. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that works uh, but, in a production scheme. It's like when a comic book has like a different cover artist than the actual interior. I hate that because you buy it. Like, I always thought those were misleading. Yeah, because then you buy it like, oh, the art style looks cool in this issue. And then you open it, and you're like, wait a minute. Like, I've been bamboozled. <laughs> how could you? Yeah, I. <laughs> First time I saw Sonochino Sadame. Like, I was just, you know, uh, uh, I was at a sad point in my life. I, was, uh, I, was, I wasn't even a newbie in JoJo. I was, I was beginner. I was fetus level. Then all of a sudden, I'm getting blasted by these, these high notes and this, this very large man punching my screen. And I knew I was in for something. Like, like, quite honestly, I think it was the most energetic anime opening I'd ever seen. And it was like, <laughs> it was so action-oriented and fast-paced. I felt like just sitting there on my bed. I, I was already like losing like my my stance. It like musically speaking. Well, I don't want to get into musically speaking until we talk about the actual music. But like, it is very very interesting piece of music. Um, I'm trying to listen to it right now, actually, like to get it back in my head. Uh, it it has the horns, which is like full horn section. Um, it's got but like some synthesized drum kind of action going on. It's got um, sort of like the vocalized um, Jojo Jojo thing, and then you know you got Tommy <laughs> singing at like full belt volume. Um, it's just it does a lot of things really well uh, in in sort of driving energy forward, and it 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 picks up in intensity. Like, and I think the animation part does pretty well, like conveying that part. Especially when um, Jonathan starts running up the stairs, you know. Like it's just, um, it's very directional. Like the song has a has a direction that it's going to, and it's obviously like a piece of music written for this rather than. And I don't know how often this happens where, like, it's just a random Japanese pop song that I threw at the beginning of the anime, um, and, and there it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, that, yeah, I, this is a pretty strong contender. I mean, I think it's probably top three for me, um, visually speaking. It's not, I don't think it's my favorite, but it's it's solid. It's definitely good. I mean, visually speaking for me, you know, I had already said this, but it is definitely number one. 
Like, I, I think it is iconic and synonymous with JoJo. When I think JoJo, like, I think <laughs> that opening, I think Sonochino Sadame, it just, it somehow, like, feels like, it feels like part one. But, like, it conveys the idea that it's so much more than that. You know, maybe it's just the extra JoJo's in the beginning, but it really does, like, feel like it's opening something up. So we're about to enter something huge. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It does feel like page one of of a, a much longer book. Page one of the never-ending five seconds of Joe Julian. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my favorite visual has to go to Sono Chi no Kyoku, um, part three, second opening. Um, and I'm watching it right now, and I think it is... Okay, so I, I think what's interesting about part three... Part three has grown on me like the longer I'm a JoJo fan. Like the first time I watched it, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I get it. Some of it's kind of stock standard shonen. Why is there so much Polnareff? Uh, you know, like how come Jotaro doesn't say anything? But as, you know, parts progress, it becomes more and more clear that like part three defines so much of the rest of the story. It, you know, other than the fact that you're introducing stands, um, it just like it, it sets up themes, it sets up tone, it sets up like the characters that carry you forward. And I think the visuals of this are just really well constructed um, in a way that hints at what's going to happen without like outright telling you. So, you know, this this uh, OP comes in right at the battle for egypt right and so you, you've got yeah. this clock thing going on uh showing old you know jonathan and dio and joseph and dio and then jotaro sort of like this whole continuation of the first part three theme of like the generational thing right um and then mm -hmm. it kicks into you know you've got joseph doing his um you know joestar technique run You've got oh, Iggy in his first like appearance in the OP. Uh, you've got Polarif with two swords, you know, foreshadowing the Anubis fight. <laughs> but at the time when you first watch it and you've not seen it, you don't know what that's what's that's going on. It goes to that little like TikTok part with the the shadows, with all the silhouettes of the Egyptian gods, which is really cool. You've got then uh, the stairwell which is the the foreshadowing of polarif and the shot and the stairwell with dio um and then the next part the most heartbreaking part for me is is this next part about 50 seconds in right so it shows it cuts to each character right and then it has like this yeah this swipe of color um subtly in the background that indicates how each person dies um so like avdol and iggy there's like this swoop to indicate um what's going to happen with vanilla ice while polar is ahead and polar is in a different color and he's heading towards Dio, but it's just a subtle, subtle little swoop. Right. And then Kakuin shows up and there's all these crisscross lines for when, um, you know, uh, he's going to put hieroglyphic 20 meter radius. Emerald yeah. Spot. And then I, then there's this really brief, brief cutout of the world that appears for just a second. And then you've got, you know, Joseph in the world and his pose, that exact pose he has when he gets the knife thrown at him. And then Jotaro with all the other jagged points of triangles to indicate like when Dio's going to throw all the knives at him. It's like, it's very, very, very subtle. Um, and then it's got this super awesome 
like pose one of my favorite poses of maybe anything is when they're jumping out of the shooting stars you know and then it's just and then they have they they line up and then they do their stand pose it's just got so much cool thing so many cool things going for it and then of course the alternate version where dio freezes it is iconic because it was like the first time they had ever altered the ending so i think visually this has to win for me it, it has a lot of it's well constructed it tells you what's going to happen without telling you um and then there's just a lot to unpack with it when you go back to rewatch it after you've seen it and you've become a fan and this song gets me it was not my favorite when i first heard it but it, Knowing what happens after and knowing all the things that Jotaro is going to have to endure, this song makes me super emotional. It's just like he's in the thick of it, you know, and he has no idea. Right now he's been through a lot. He's stronger than he's ever been before. And he's about to lose all of his friends and his and he's about to have his life permanently altered by this adventure. Because, um, you know, up to this point, there's there's a slight hope that maybe he'll live happily ever after. I mean, Joseph pretty much did. You know, part three is like a hiccup for him. He saved the world and then he lived 40 years without having to do anything. And so I think... Yeah, and unknowingly saved the world again between those two moments of time. <laughs> and it's just like... Well, saved the town. Yeah, it's it's just so... I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about Jotaro lately, so maybe that's not helping. I think... I don't know. Jotaro... <laughs> gets a lot of flack. Uh, I think there's there's like two versions of people's thoughts for Jotaro. Um, one version is like, well, he's the strongest character, so like he's the best one. Um, or, you know, her, her, he make fun of women. Um, but I think the other version is like, ha ha, he bad dad. <laughs> um, and I just think that there's like a lot of very <laughs> subtle complexity and pain in Jotaro's existence and his character. And, and I think uh, that skews my perspective these days on how I feel about part three stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I can easily see why that would be your favorite, anyone's favorite. God, like I was really considering it. In fact, that's my number two. Yeah. Yeah. I think my <laughs> number two is probably the first one. Um, Stand proud. Visually speaking, I think um, for a lot of the same reasons, I think Stan Proud is a little bit more straight ahead in that it's just kind of showing like, look at these wacky dudes and look at the adventure they're going to go on. Um, and I think that that there are scenes in there that make me super sad now because it's just like, you know, Polar of jumping in the sand and they're sitting at the campfire. And these are actually scenes that don't really even happen <laughs> like in the manga yeah. or in the show. Um, but I think they're like implied scenes. Like they're traveling for so long. Of course, these things happened. Um, yeah, we're not going to see everything that they're doing. Yeah. And I think there there was a fan comic I saw about this that was like super sad, which was, um, oh, no, actually, I think it's a YouTube video that was um, where um, the concept was. Wow, I forgot his name. Rohan. Rohan um, uses Heaven's Door on Jotaro. And he and Koichi and Josuke read through part three, like on his body. And, and then it mm -hmm. shows like this flashback combination of like all these zany things that they did in between while Walk Like an Egyptian is playing. It's like the saddest thing I've ever seen. It's just like, oh, that makes it just so much worse. Like if he had really had that much fun. Um, oh, come on, phone, shut up. Um, if he had really had that much fun 
before the pain. Like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah. These last 50 days really were fun, weren't they, Jotaro? Ugh. Fade away. So, yeah, I think Sonochino Sadame is probably three for me. Um, I think it's strong visually. Um, I think I like the, the part three ones better visually. <clears throat> um, it, it was, it, mm-hmm. I think, ugh. But um, Great Days... I mean, I hate to put it at fourth because it's just, I, I don't know. It's great days is my number three. Really? Yes. I think, may I yeah, explain? I mean, go for it. All right. So imagine this, you're going through part four, seems pretty long. Uh, you know, all this character development, all these characters, so much, uh, Koichi, like it's, it's integral. It really is right our characters seem downtrodden they can't find the killer right and what do we get now we get this this sweet opening and it's (laughs) i just i love the visual themes of it i'm a sucker for the 3d openings but like this one just really it it brought it for me like i don't know how to put it i love the themes um i loved how i guess like metaphorical it all got because it had a lot of like very unique visual elements such as everything like repeating as it goes forward. You know, you have Josuke and all the silhouettes behind him. Um, <laughs> you know, and then eventually they all break out of uh, their silhouettes and they all break out of these like just shadows of themselves so they can actually, uh, you know, control themselves, which is all, you know, related to Kira being able to repeat time and everything. Um, <laughs> I love that we finally get the reveal of what they were all pointing at when they point up. And how it's everyone that they're trying to avenge, um, yeah. I, it just it just really does it for me, you know. And the fact that we kind of see uh, Kira be defeated within this opening as well, uh, which I guess we wouldn't see happen uh, again until we hit uh, Traitor's Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my points were a little messy. No, it, it, it's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching it again, so I'm like. Um... Yeah, I didn't even really catch that before that on the rewind. <laughs> like I never really caught in the in the rewind it actually plays part it actually has part of um uh what do you call it? Um wait, hold on a second. Yeah, that's part of the rewind. That's where I never even caught that the, during the rewind it does um crazy noisy bizarre tone until just, like just now. Like I never noticed yeah. that. Yeah. I never noticed that. <laughs> that's really good. It's it's amazing. Every time I go to look at it, it, it gets even better. I also love that at the end of it, they gave us like symbols to represent all like the different stands that we see. Yeah, you see, that's what I think I love about this one. Um, it might actually be my number three now that I think about it. I think the iconography in this one is so really fascinating and strong. So like, you know, just the like the JoJo where, where it's got like the collage, you know, of of everybody in it. Um yeah. The, the 1999 where it's like you know you've got adam hart father hanging out and like a hand and it's just like it's got all this yeah like the symbols like the morio symbol the um oh my gosh i didn't even realize the nine oh see the, the last nine in the 99 is uh uh fuya and his footprints <laughs> like that's really good i didn't really notice that before i it, it really does show me how much, like, like iconic visuals can come out of just one part of JoJo. Yeah. Because, like, they're not pulling out of, like, multiple different parts to get everything for, like, this one opening. It's all stuff that's really contained, unless you count the little sign that says GW2001. 
Right. <laughs> well, and yeah, so like the the Mario, so they got the Mario City symbol, and then like all the the stand icons around it. I mean, you've got the stylized echoes, and then you got the pen nib for Rohan, and you've got there's the hand, there's even Hermit Purples hanging out. See, and I've never even I've never <laughs> even frozen on this frame before, but like there's a baby pacifier for Suzuka. Um, there's all sorts of stuff in this thing. I mean, like, you know, it's it's one that I have no issue rewatching if I'm ever going through part four again. Um, <laughs> Chase, on the other hand, uh, that's different. Wow, look at all oh, there's so much. But this one just, it, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I love to look at see, it. See, and I, oh, okay. See, I've never paused this frame either um, of the pointing up where you can see Aya and Shigechi and um, Keicho. I've never caught that before either. That's really good. Guys, you need to go yeah, everybody like just go look at this right now and just like go frame by frame. <laughs> Cuz there's so much going on here. Um and of course, I think one of my favorite things that I didn't notice until maybe my like my second watch through part 4 is the, you know, the heart that Crazy Diamond puts back together. Um the one wrapped in the vines of Hermit Purple um is the one it was destroyed, yeah, destroyed in the previous one by Killer Queen, and so it's like, yeah, this part is is being repaired because it's getting toward the end, and then of course you've got a literal shining justice sign. <laughs> I don't know, it's really good. Yeah, they make it a little heavy-handed on the whole explicitness of their message, but I think it only works in its benefit. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's amazing just looking at it. And it's great. It's positively fantastic. Another one that's also positively fantastic. And my number four uh, <laughs> would be Bloody Stream. Visually? Yes. Surprisingly enough. Really? See, I will highly disagree, but go ahead. Okay. So the reason why Bloody Stream is at number four is because, you know, in spite of the beautiful animation that we see on hand here, you know, all the great imagery with Wamu and all those really, like, stray lines representing his power um lisa lisa doing the naked spin i guess uh you see first instance of the spin we see in jojo is actually part two's opening nah. uh, check your facts <laughs> right or the fact that we see uh <laughs> joseph uh somehow entangle himself in his own clacker volley right the differences we, we get between jojo and caesar that ending uh, which, you know, implies Caesar's dark fate alongside, you know, uh, Jojo avenging him. All of it is great. I just didn't think it was as visually interesting as the other ones. Like, I'll like I'll have a great time looking at it, but it's not something I'd, like, particularly go back to to watch all that much. Yeah. I think this one's really weak. It might be, like, my second to last one, visually speaking. Yeah, really? I mean, it's not that it's poorly done. It's just like this could be any anime. Like, yeah, here are the characters, <laughs> here are the bad guys. Here's here's like some I mean, it's way more colorful than most any um I, I give it color color-wise it's amazing. Um and there are some very <clears throat> very subtle imagery pieces here, you know, the bandana, the the blood bubble at the end that, you know, most people don't see. Uh, the falling star. I mean, there's a couple of of that foreshadowing, but it's just I don't know. 
other than the colors, it's just kind of weak visually for me. I, it's, like I said, I could see this really being on any anime opening. Um, I I completely agree. But I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying <laughs> to think of it. I'm, it actually reminds me of something. I'm trying to remember what it is. Ugh. I'm just a sucker for the 3D openings. Like I got to see like Joseph and Caesar in 3D while he does his little smirk and Caesar looks all serious. I think that part is what really <laughs> uh, brings it up for me. Yeah, because like um, I mean yeah, I mean you can have your opinion, but I just feel like like Tengen Topa Gurren Lagann, <laughs> my my perhaps number one most influential anime in my life ever. Um, the OP it reminds me of that same OP. It's got a lot, a lot of the colors, but it's got like all the characters and the posing and the like. It's not a strong OP. I don't even really like the song is only okay too. Um, <clears throat> I feel like it fits in that same vein visually. So for me, it's it's a pretty low rank. So mm-hmm. We're we on four, five. I mean, I'm on number four. Okay, which was Bloody Stream. Uh, my number five is uh, Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town. Hmm. Yeah. Now I absolutely fell in love with Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town first time I saw it. I was a little taken aback because it wasn't 3D like all the previous ones, but like I was, I I was into it. <laughs> Like, I just, I loved all the bright colors now. Um, <laughs> I love the laid back and jazzy style. Um, it really did feel like I was watching a very different show than what I was watching with part three. Yeah. You know, just opening alone. Well, and what I appreciate about how part four is structured, or at least the way I watched it, um, is they don't put the OP on the first episode of part four. Um, yeah. Which is good because if I, if they had ruined White Coat Jotaro for me, I would have been mad because <laughs> I needed that visual impact of like, wow, why are we in this yellow sky world? Oh, look, there's someone in a car wearing white. What's that voice? What the heck? Like, <laughs> I needed to experience that first. <laughs> um, uh-huh. so I'm glad they did it that way. I think it's it's very cute. I like this. I like this one i think the poses i mean some of the poses here are very iconic right like koichi's pose is memed all over the place yes um it it personally breathed life into me (laughs) after the soul crushing ending of part three yeah that's true i mean it part four is a big palate cleanser for a lot of things right and i think it's interesting because it's just yeah it goes back sort of like it's almost like part two bloody stream color palette at the beginning and then you know you've got those road signs which you've mentioned before which i completely missed the first time um you know it, it, it talks about you know gw this way like golden winds coming next and you've got like some subtle signs in the background you've got a rohan pen nib and you've got um killer queen skull going on and it shows Jotaro is like being so such like a tough boy but then he like does a little dance pose like <laughs> you know he like throws his thing in the air and he like yeah he throws his, his, and then he like you know does a little flash pose it's just so cute um and Okuyasu kicking the can and then his little like dip and then Jotaro just refusing to do anything other than his point <laughs> and then everybody sort of just boogies down it's just like it is an adorable like little palate cleanser um, I don't think it ranks that high for me. This may be like third to last. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, mm-hmm. I love this 
OP visually. I think it's probably third to last for me, which is like a weird ranking system, I, but that's how it is. <laughs> I completely understand. I completely understand. Awesome. But what even I don't understand is my next pick, which is Stand Proud. I don't know how I let it drift this low down on the list. <laughs> but it's there for some reason. Like, I love it. I want to love it more. I love the song, right? And I, I feel like Stand Proud tells such like a good story just with visuals alone. Um, but for some reason, it's just down there for me. And it's hard uh, reasoning even to myself why that is. Um, <laughs> I really do appreciate. Uh, I really do appreciate how it looks. I appreciate, you know, being able to see 3D old Joseph and everything. Um, I I love the guitar intro. You see, like I think about all the stuff I really like from it. Like I can't even really think of any visuals from it. I think mostly of the music, mm. and I think that's what really gets it for me. Like the music for me on that one is a whole lot, uh, a whole lot more memorable than the actual. Uh, animation i think one of the i don't know I, I think it's probably worth looking at it again because i think they're one of my favorite things ever is this moment where um let's see where is it i mean like you know the opening where we see jonathan and joseph and then jotaro just has to point forward and we see the stand there it's, you know really emphasizing the big my jump favorite that visual we is is about it's about 45 seconds in right and it, it starts with holly with you know her stand vines and then as it as it goes down you see everybody right like you see arena and jonathan you see the the stone mask you see george and lisa lisa and it all like the vines all go into jotaro's back you know and then he stands mm-hmm. up and then, you know, summons Star Platinum. And I just, I love the visual of that. Like he's carrying all of this weight of the bloodline within him. Um, and then he's going to, yeah. you know, stand proud and, and carry that tradition on. So I think that, <laughs> that is probably the strongest visual for me. Uh, I mean, lots of it's really good. I love the, the manga like portion where it's like, it got all the sound effects and stuff going on. Um, you know, the written sound yeah, effects. Yeah. I- I really like the portion before that where we see them all like summon their stands like in order, you know, like uh, Joseph, Avdol, yeah, uh-huh. uh, Kakyo and so forth. I really love looking at the background of that one. I really like the the hyper stylized like uh, summary of like early part three where we have like the boat and we have like uh, <laughs> um, the buildings where they fought uh, Yellow Temperance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I guess Rubber Soul. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. I like little like summarizing images like that. It's a very niche thing, but I'm very into it. And they just have a giant sun. Oh yeah, I just saw that. That's funny. Absolute massive boy. The funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh... I also really like how how Jonathan closes his eyes. Uh, Joseph's eyes remain open, and Jotaro is opening his eyes. Yeah, it's that is um, it is seeing those two is is heart heartstring pulling yeah and then it invokes uh sonochi no sadame because right after that we have all the cards going up the hallway um of the joestar mansion uh just to <laughs> tell you once again like yeah this is this feud's been going on for a hundred years now all right what's next on the list for you next on the list for me uh i think that would have to be uh traitor's requiem 
Really? You put it that high? I'm fascinated by this. I absolutely love Trader's Requiem. <laughs> like, it's even hard for me to... It, it's hard for me to kind of, like, describe it. So, when I first saw uh, Fighting Gold, I thought the visuals were just kind of, like, I guess bland compared to, like, all the other JoJo openings we'd gotten up to that point. Uh, I almost felt a little disappointed. Um, but, like, Trader's Requiem... Like, what that did for me is that it basically just revitalized that whole, like, oh, yeah, no, we're getting we're getting the good openings, right? <laughs> I was skeptical at first. I thought at first that it was kind of cheap uh, because it used uh, a few scenes from the show itself, which I don't think we'd seen up to that point uh, in a JoJo opening. But well, it... I just really like how fastly it summarizes uh, so much of it in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, and I think that's an unfair criticism because... Somebody actually did a video of this where it it's not direct scenes. They're reanimated. Like the angles were slightly different, the you know, the coloring slightly different. Like they were intentionally recreated especially for that. It's not just like a clip opening. Um and to prove it, this guy yeah. like runs the clips side by side and you can see what was in the show versus what's in the in the intro. Um but I know it's it's lambasted a lot for that and for like, you know, quote unquote spoilers. Which I think is kind of dumb because they all have spoilers. Um, and it's not like, oh, Jordan got the arrow. It's like, okay, but we if you've never seen it, you don't know what that arrow does. And you don't know why it's important that he's holding it. Like, <laughs> it did not spoil anything for me. I was like, uh, okay, he's got an arrow. Watch out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, is he going to give somebody a stand? He's going to stab the bad guy. Yeah, it's like, at that point, we only knew, like, arrows give you stands. Like, we didn't know anything else, so. You know, I think, um, obviously, the the dual multiple endings, you know, with... I almost feel like the visuals have to be judged separately, depending on which version. Like, I think the the original version is pretty weak. In fact, I put that at the bottom for me. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because I don't think it does... It doesn't bring anything to the table that's, like new like i think it's unfair to say like oh it's just a clip show but it's also basically the same stuff and it doesn't really do anything innovative um with what you got other than like the weird scene where it looks like everybody's jumping out of the plane which is actually a scene um (laughs) i I think though when you start talking about like the ger versions like with giorno posing as dio like that's amazing um that i think it's almost that would kick it up a couple of levels if I if that were just the only version of it. But I think the original version for me is actually the bottom tier one for me, visually speaking. Wow. Wow. But that's visually speaking, because <laughs> musically speaking, that's like top tier, but we'll get to that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh but yeah, no, like visually, like I, I loved it. I loved the ending, uh, where we see JoJo's is our adventure and it's in front of the clouds, the hyper stylized clouds with the white lines going through. I it. do like that part. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it just reinvokes the idea of like JoJo iconography, right? We go through like all the initial stand fights in part five. We go through the main cast's stand abilities really fast, and then you know, we have that big shot with all of them falling out of the plane. <laughs> uh we see Dapio and like that slow reveal even in the opening because we see like the white like 
marks flash through the opening and then in the final version of Traitor's Requiem you see King Crimson's like second face there and you see like the outline of Diavolo's outfit uh right over Dapio and I don't know I just mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I just I, I love it every time it feels sm- if to me it feels smarter than it is if that makes any sense mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no totally so what, what number was that for you? Yeah. I, I feel like I, I got to catch up. That was that must have been number six or seven, because there, there's only two other openings I can think of right now. Okay. Uh, and I know exactly how both of those are going to play out. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. So the next on the list for me, uh, it would be... I'm going to get hate for this one. going to get some real hate for this one. It's going to be Chase. I think Chase visual i think chase is really strong visually so i'm i'm fascinated by your your thoughts here oh i mean i just know that like (laughs) a lot of negativity is associated with chase just as like as a whole um so putting it before fighting gold might upset a few people oh interesting yeah i i don't know i i like the visuals of chase just a bit better uh than like the visuals of fighting gold um chase definitely is like very very different than either of the other part four openings and very very different than like even the earlier openings except for like a few callbacks with the thing that they keep doing where certain powerful enemies are represented like via like line work like messy line work because we see that with wamu we see that with dio and now we see it with kira so it's keeping like this uh this visual through line Mm -hmm. yeah but I, i really liked the arrows that shot through the scene because you know we're in part four now guys we know what the arrow is <laughs> yeah it's um i like the foreshadowing of shigechi just completely getting murked <laughs> um i like the opening with all the soup cans where it has like hands on them um representing you know kira hiding like the devious things that he does behind like a a sense of normalcy. We even see Koichi's luggage there, um, but with like blood underneath it. And I do not know why we see that there actually. <laughs> but at least Is we it know Koichi's? that. I guess it's. I'm going to assume it's Koichi's. I can't. Canonically, we know of no other character that has oh. luggage. <laughs> that is my defense. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess, I mean, the only other person I could think of that it could be would be Jotaro because, so the stickers on it, you've got Hawaii, Vegas, Paris, and Egypt. Well, who's, who's the only person that would have gone to all, all of those places? Well, Jotaro went to Egypt. It doesn't say Florida. Could have gone to Paris to visit Polnareff and then he lived in America. Mm -hmm. So he could have gone all those places. Or is it supposed to be like, is it supposed to be Kira? Because there's that random like dress sticking out of it. I mean, I, I'm guessing the assumption is that it's Kira's. Um, we know Kira's dad was in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly it's his luggage. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm just interested in why we didn't see any JoJo characters in Hawaii. Like, it's canonical now. Or at the very least, in a sense, it's canonical. Right. <laughs> that Hawaii exists in the JoJo universe. Okay, good. Hawaii confirmed. I'm glad we fixed that. Hawaii confirmed. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the, the the duller colors on this one because they try to do like a whole like gray filter on everything. See, I think you're wrong though. 
I think like which okay. is, which fascinates me because I you love horror and like this is oh yes no I this is totally a horror homage like intro like this this could be at the beginning of a horror anime almost definitely you know? um without the music it, it, and I think like there's some really interesting one of my favorite visuals is um Yukako and Aya sitting on that uh bed with the dotted line going down you know like the dotted line that a plastic surgeon would use you know what i mean um yeah it's just a strong strong visual of like you know this is what she represents like plastic surgery and like her control over yukako and like the the body horror that it could it could really bring about um oh yes and i i I love the part we get echoes act three clapping and there's like the 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 green rings around him and everything right I love that we get a definitive look at how Love Deluxe looks like without Yukako. Well, and but you also get like this this one picture here of Adam Hartfather holding the arrow, but it looks like a like a gravedigger shovel, you know? Mm-hmm. Like this is like a lot of horror imagery here. I think it's actually really <laughs> strong visually. Um I, I especially love the beginning with the rotating like camera angles while they're like, standing on the cement. You know, showing uh, Jotaro and then Okuyasu, um, not Jotaro, Josuke, Okuyasu, and then like Joseph and Jotaro. It's just like, I don't know. I actually visually like this one a lot. I think you don't like it because it's not colorful. You like colors. <laughs> I, I love horror. I think I just, I, you know, when I when I think of Jojo so much, I think of, you know, all the, the bright, crazy colors going on. I do enjoy the horror motifs. I like how we see everything through like a, a cracked glass screen. Mm-hmm. When we see Jotaro, Okuyasu, and Koichi walking away with like subtle like nods to the rest of the part, like such as the two rats and like dying hermit purple vines. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess I just I I wasn't ready to associate that look with JoJo. Yeah, I mean that's fair. A lot of people feel that way. I just don't think it gets a fair shake. I'll I'll agree on the whole point of it not getting a fair shake, but it doesn't mean I'm going to give it a fair yeah. shake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's it. My my last my my least favorite JoJo opening visually, Fighting Gold. Do tell. So, I had read part 5 uh the summer before it came out. So, it was like the summer of 2018, uh before it came out like in October and I, I just got done with part five by the time like school I, I got done with part actually I got done with part seven by the time school started um I, I I rushed through Jojo and part five seemed really cool seemed really iconic I spent the entirety of my my cousin's ginse uh just reading part five on my phone so I think I was expecting something a little more oomph to it I really do enjoy all the the metaphorical imagery of part five's fighting gold, but it just feels really vague to me. Like I, I like the line work and everything. It just, it feels like, you know how you said that part two's opening could be any anime. Yeah. It's, it's kind of what this one felt like to me. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I was expecting something just a little, a little more unique to Jojo as it felt. Um, you know, looking back at it after having, you know, finished the part five anime and seeing all of the, um, 
visual uh, visuals that they brought back, uh, including the stone. That was that was a real trip. Like you can't tell me that after <laughs> you could see the stone in the beginning that you did not immediately go back to fighting gold just to see. Oh my god, it was there from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I mean that is that was a good move on their part, um, hitting us with that rolling stone. Yeah, it, I mean that part's iconic, but I, beyond the rest of it, I, I just don't think I care for it all too much when compared to the other JoJo openings. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think so. I mean, here's the rest. Here's my list. I, I was just typing it out to get a, a sense of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, visually, Sonochino Kyoku, Stand Proud, Great Days, Sonochino Salome, Chase. I think comes in five, for the reasons I just said. I think Fighting Gold comes in six mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I think you're right. Like, by itself, it is sort of generic. I think there is an interesting theme of breaking the chains of fate that we get to see. Um, and then I think, if I am correct, now I'm going to have to rewatch it just to make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> I don't think that uh, Fugo actually breaks his chain. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, we you get this... Um, you get this statue picture with the chains around it, which is a real statue, I guess. Um, yeah. We get the iconic, um, my favorite JoJo part symbol of all time, this little ladybug, which also is looks like Black Sabbath with the arrow in his mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got the blood in the chain. So you've got, you know, so yeah, uh, Giorno is chained by his fate to his blood because he's Dio's son, right? And then you've got um, Mm -hmm. Mista, who just seems to be dodging through fate, you know, through his chains. Um, And then with Trish, you've got the the chains in the DNA sequence, like the DNA helix. Um, Yeah, because she's... Yeah, like faded (laughs) to to be because of, you know, who she is. And then, oh, is that the... Oh, see, I never even caught this before. But the thing that Abakio drops is the sand sculpture head of his partner. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then he is like in this hourglass bound to the past, right? And then, yeah. um, I guess, see, the one I, I never really figured out was Narancha because he just like plows through all these broken chains. But now that I'm thinking about it, that might just be like an abandonment representation. Like, you know, all these chains that he forged to try to keep himself like just never never stayed but yeah like fugo nothing see fugo has no chain he's not even connected to his own partners yeah and i think that's a really interesting choice because then you know bucciarati even has chains going on um I, well yeah i guess maybe that i don't know that that one chain might have been i can't tell the spoofy like poofy gas thing is supposed to be purple haze or not i can't really tell um mm-hmm but I think what what it does work, do very well, um, Fighting Gold, is that it really hits the visual imagery of sort of its source material, right? So like the part five is very much, I think, partially an homage to like a James Bond film. Oh, do tell. Well, you've got beautiful people, beautiful places. You know, there's a there's a gang, there's a there's a, there's mob, there's luxury, there's you know betrayal, um, you know low end behavior in high end places. I guess is the way you could think of it, right? Because like a James Bond story is really just like dudes shooting each other, but it's in expensive locations. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and I think like it's just got this vibe of like a 60s spy movie, thriller movie um, in terms of its like of its story structure. Um, I think it is the most concise story of the Jojo parts. Um, and I think that the the OP animators and the, the song choices picked up on that because like you've got this scene where Misa turns around and points his gun and you've got it zooms in on the barrel and that's a very like James Bond 1960s visual you know um, mm-hmm. and then going forward a little bit when you have Narancha just sort of standing there like hair flowing in the wind looking beautiful um that's also gives me really strong 60 vibes like you know the avengers not not those avengers but the the british tv show <laughs> the avengers which was about british spies or um oh i know that one like a like a charlie's angels vibe you know like i think it's just got this mm-hmm. you know and then it, and then Noron just standing there in sparkly clouds like i think fighting gold is strong if you sort of have that visual understanding of like at least what i think they're trying to go for uh of referencing this sort of 60s era spy thriller um which i think musically it it does the same thing so i think fighting gold is stronger than me than like crazy noisy bizarre town which i put at seven bloody stream which i put at eight and traitor's requiem which i put at nine all right well darn huh (laughs) there you go really went through all of them go didn't we Oh, how wow. much time do we have left? Should we call this and then do the musical part of it as a second episode? You know what? For the very first time in No Dignity history, we're doing a two-parter. Doing a two-parter? Oh, okay. I'm down. Because you know what? I have a lot to say about the music. I am a musician. Or I was a musician. Can you quit being a musician? I don't know. I think it stays in your soul I, forever. A, I am a formally trained, formerly professional musician. So I have a lot of things to say about the music um yes so i don't let's my closest oh, oh i was gonna say i i don't want to i don't want to shortchange my thoughts because i've got a if you thought my uh james bond visual analysis was something just wait until i start talking about why great days is like a masterpiece in uh in wagnerian light motifs i thought i was supposed to be the film guy well that's a music thing <laughs> well i mean just about like the like the openings and all that, and talking about the visual well, motifs. You gotta watch Gah. more films, bro. Get on my level, which isn't even that high. I saw The Hobbit twice yesterday. Why would you watch the same movie twice? <laughs> I I don't know why I did that to myself. I saw the the Peter Jackson one, and then I saw the the Rankin Bass one. Uh, well, the Rankin Bass one's probably worth watching. I, I have it was a nice little interesting. You should thing. look up. This is just for you two listeners, just as as something fun. Google um, the Hobbit recut where um, they take the three Peter Jackson movies and then just cut them down to the content that's actually in the book of the Hobbit. It works pretty well. Works pretty well. <sighs> all right. What are we doing that meme? Imagine making a super cut of all of these Jojo openings and it gets taken down immediately via copyright strike. <laughs> Jeez. I, I can only imagine the pain and suffering. <sighs> well, how about we take our mind off of all this pain, suffering, and JoJo openings with a little meme of the week? Meme of the week. It's a nice little tune you got going on there. Uh. <laughs>
Alright, meme of the week. Oh man, oh man, oh gee, oh gosh. So, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole controversy going on with uh, Netflix right now and a French film, uh, which they are getting the publishing rights to in America, uh, the original film being called Mignones, um, and the American, uh, at least Americanized version being called Cuties, um, which Netflix had uh, altered the description of, uh, making it seem as if it is a movie about 11-year-old little girls entering a, uh, a twerking dance group. And the cover that they had made for the Americanized version, um, it is it is disgusting, quite honestly. You know, <laughs> tons of accusations that Netflix execs are pedophiles and all that. And you know what? I can't argue with some of that. <laughs> so I have this beautiful meme for you from Jojo Mental Memes on Instagram.com. Uh, that's entirely one word, Jojo Mental Memes. And it is strength uh, with his captain costume saying, yes, I would like one ticket to cuties, please. Uh, okay, so I'm looking at the comparison of the of the posters here. And it's, it's, uh. Look, I don't want to step on your uh, your heritage there, but the French pronunciation is mignons. Um, mignons, um, and so and that does that is what it means. Like mignon is cutie or like cute, like little. Like if you have a filet mignon, it's like cute little filet. Um, That's what that yeah. Means. So I'm looking at the comparison between the two posters, and the original French is like you know these. 11 12 year old girls walking down the street like happily carrying big shopping bags and like throwing confetti in the air it's it's adorable it's like yeah look at these girls living their life and then yeah the cuties one is definitely like they are posed and it is it is uncomfortable (laughs) very uncomfortable uh so i feel like i can get arrested for having that image on my computer so i do appreciate that strength would probably be into it um which is never a good thing if strength wants to do it like <laughs> nah you've you've made a mistake <laughs> i ensure you lord dio walking in on the walking in on the child showering is essential for dis- for defeating the joe stars <laughs> all right i've got it i've got an epic gamer meme for you are you ready oh okay. wow i'm an epic gamer yeah, here we go so <clears throat> it's one of these where it's got like pictures of characters and then um you know has a description next to him so, Speedwagon says GG when he wins or loses. Kakuin say GG when he wins. Mista say GG randomly throughout the match. <laughs> Caesar says easy when he wins. Okuyasu says easy when he loses. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Our big old dummy, and we love you so much. <laughs> Uh, Okiyasu is the resident idiot, and we love him with all our hearts here at No Dignity. <laughs> all right, uh, that's all then. Let, let's play as- <laughs> It seems that the power of my stand, No Dignity, which has the power to pause any podcast, will now notify listeners that the No Dignity podcast is officially on Patreon.com. You heard right, listeners. For $1 a month, you can support the show and know that your hard-earned money will go towards a pop filter that doesn't fit. That's patreon.com slash nodignitypodcast. Once again, patreon.com slash nodignitypodcast. <laughs> Resume podcast. So, 
Okay, so if you want more of us, Twitter at no dignity pod, Instagram no underscore dignity underscore podcast. You can email us at no dignity podcast at gmail.com or hit anchor.fm slash no dignity, all one word, to send us a voice message. Send us more questions. We've got a couple in the in the back queue um but they're really long complicated ones um so we have we haven't done those episodes yet but keep sending them to us it's it's a lot of fun for us to hear you guys um and to interact and, with you guys and find out what you are enjoying and um you know or don't even ask a question just chime in with an opinion maybe you think our uh visual rating of the ops is trash and you need to set us straight like tell us that too we'll put it on the show yeah. Also, what the heck is a Danganronpa? <laughs> uh, I'm just playing around. Uh, I've been Alejandro. You can find me on YouTube at AsquidTV, uh, <laughs> Twitter at AsquidTV, and Instagram at AsquidV. And for more of my stuff, uh, you can go to SilZeroMedia.com. That's S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. I got my book. I got my podcast. I got... I was interviewed yesterday on YouTube, so that was kind of cool. I'll probably put a link up there to that if you're interested. Um, I think that's it. Um, but um, Imagine. did you, uh, did, oh, before ahead. we go, did you know that um, when Koichi watches episodes of JoJo, he skips the OPs? Even, even Great Days? Even Great Days. No dignity! To be continued. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-